So, Coach, in another great post-game speech to the team, one thing that really stood out to me is you said, you're on the map. So now that you're on the map, what changes for this team? Well, I just think they need to they need to hold serve and, and keep doing the things that have gotten them here. And, you know, we're all about being humble and stuff, but I read books just like everybody else, and you pick up those summer magazines, and they talk about teams that are going to be doing things, and they fail to mention other teams, which is which is okay. But then when you watch the ESPN shows, they start talking about people's future schedules and where they can lose, and there's six or seven opponents, and, and they're not mentioning a certain school. That kind of hurts a little bit. And uh, you can't talk about it. You have to be about it. And if you want those things to change, then you need to do better. And right now we're taking it one game at a time, and we're just trying to do better every week. Part of being back on the map is you got votes in both polls this week. Is that something that registers on your radar screen at all? No. That, to me, no. It doesn't register at all. We're, we're back at work. We're doing the things we need to do and making the corrections. If we stay exactly where we are right now, we won't have, at the end of the season, what we're, what we're stri- uh, try- trying to achieve. We have to get better every week. We have to be honest with each other, and we have to accept criticism. One thing that you want to see get better and be consistent, and you mentioned after the game, was the defensive performance against Florida State. Take me back to that. What did Brian Ward dial up? Why was it so successful? And you know, you'd love to bottle it up and do it next week. That's the, the easy part to do, but you know it's not that easy. But what's the best approach to keep the consistency on the defensive end? I think the big thing is is they had a, a very good game plan, and and they stuck to it. And I think the biggest thing is is getting to know your opponent. We have you have to know yourself, but you have to know your opponent too. And I thought they had a a real good understanding of what Florida State was going to try to do. Because we've played them before. We played the University of South Florida. We've played, we've seen that offense. That offense is very familiar to us. So we know what we want to do against that. And the players went out and executed uh, a fine game plan. Was there a satisfaction in that, you know, everybody's name got on the board, particularly in the pass rush? It was a real balanced defensive effort. Yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're, everybody's playing really, really well, and they don't care who gets the credit, those are the type of games you're going to have. And it was very evident by the score sheet, so to speak, that everybody was getting involved and everybody was having fun. I want to center it on one guy, that being said, and he was named the ACC Linebacker of the Week, and that's Kylan Whitner. And, you know, the linebackers came in with a lot of, you know, uh, we were wondering who could step up in, in the wake of Zaire Franklin and Paris Bennett and some very successful players at that position. How has Kylan kind of taken the baton there, and, and what does he have to do to remain successful? Well, first of all, he does a lot of work behind the scenes. He's always up here watching tape, studying his position, looking for key notes, uh, indicators that can make him a, one or two steps faster than what he really is. And when you put at somebody that's going to do that much homework behind the scenes and then play with fantastic effort, you're going to have somebody that's going to show up on the tape. You talk about him as as a linebacker, and he had a fantastic job. There's no doubt about it. But one of the plays I remember is, I want to say, the punt return, Mm -hmm. where he was the guy that kept the guy from going out of the end zone. And there were some other guys back there, but I know how fast those other guys were. If Kylan didn't get him, the guy was going into the end zone. So uh, I look at his effort not only on the defensive side but on the special teams, and he's definitely turning into one of our team leaders. Yeah, we mentioned special teams last week. I actually had somebody text me when they were listening to the interview. They said, man, 
you guys spend a lot of time on special teams. And I responded. I said, hashtag special teams matters, buddy. Well, so there, there you go, as you know. You nailed that. There, there you go. No doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Dino Babers <laughs> is our guest here as we get ready for Syracuse and UConn. It's a 4 o'clock kick at the Carrier Dome this week. Uh, jumping on the offensive side of the ball, Coach, we've talked a lot about the wide receivers in this vein, but it looks like the running back position is starting to be a little bit more by committee. And one reason is uh, Jarvian Howard has kind of pushed his way into the rotation there. How do you see that going forward? You know, I just see it as we're going to play with the hot hand. Our our biggest thing is this. We haven't had a running back that could handle the entire load because we move at such a tempo and such a high speed. Traditionally, it's been more of a two-type back situation because one guy gets tired, the other guy goes in, and they kind of rotate themselves. I think, obviously, uh, Jarvion had a good game. He needs to. We need to get him in there a little bit more. How much a little bit more is, we'll see. But... Uh, I like all three of those guys at the top, and I think all three of those guys could do a fantastic job for us. You've mentioned that you know football players play with owies, and Eric Dungy's got an owie right now. You know we've discussed this before. Eric just plays with passion, and, and sometimes that can lead him into a situation. This time it was just a fluke thing. He got something in his eye, and it just kind of happens that way. Is there anything you've looked at, not just this game, but overall, and just looked at it and said? there's an adjustment to be made there or is it just football it just happens and you got to go forward the way you're doing it you know you, you just got to keep doing what we're doing you know obviously we would like that's that was just a happening you can't explain it you know if i had anything i'm talking to him he thought he could fight through it i put him back out there i think he had a series where he dropped a snap and then threw a, a bad pass to the right this is after he told me and i'm looking at him he's coach i can clear it. i'm like dude you you can't say <laughs> I can't have you out there doing that. And then finally, you know, I, I can't remember if we made the change the next time or the time afterwards. He's just so convincing. He's such a competitor. And sometimes you just need to keep him from himself. So uh, we put the other guy in there, and he did okay. Speaking of the other guy, you know, when you hear players, particularly younger players, that are getting used to things, you often hear him say that the game is slowing down for me. Do you feel like you've seen that a little bit from Tommy DeVito? Uh, I'm not going to go there yet because – the game can be extremely fast. The game can be extremely fast. And when you're sitting up in the dome and, and it's it's nice and toasty in there with no air conditioning and it's getting late in the third and fourth quarter, those guys kind of slow down for them. Now, the key thing is when you go on the road and you're playing people in their atmosphere and they're flying around and there's noise and there's distractions, when you start getting guys operating in that stuff, that's when you know you got the salt of the earth. You got some real cats. Sorry to say, we're going to have some actual fall weather for the game on Saturday. I know you love that that sweaty home field advantage coming in Saturday for UConn. Well, we better have about an extra ten thousand in the dome then. If it's there, you go. Nice Body heat. Body heat <laughs> will we'll increase. It. So we don't have the thermostat yet to turn it up, as you said. But Connecticut comes in, and Randy Etzel's running this football team. We seem to come back to home improvement a lot during these interviews, Coach, because you made a great reference earlier this week. He had to rip that whole thing apart and build from the foundation up. So they're going through that right now. But, you know, when you look at this Connecticut team, they've got a really good quarterback, and, you know, they're hungry. They want to come out and they want to win a football game. So what's your approach knowing that this team is, is you've brought it up before, another analogy. They're kind of a wounded animal, and, and, and they're really frustrated right now. They have a very talented quarterback. Their quarterback reminds me a lot of Dungey. He's a guy that can create with his legs. He can outrun people once he gets into the secondary. He can throw the football, and he can buy time. Anytime you've got a quarterback like that that can create – if they get some things going their way and they get it going, it could be a momentum swing. You could have something like you had in the third quarter with Western Michigan. They are young, which means they're going to do young things, but sometimes young people 
You know, that's the reason why most of our military forces between the ages of 18 and what, 26? <laughs> because they think they're Superman and they can do anything. And you don't want to let these guys get going in here. We need to come out and play our type of game, and uh, hopefully things will go our way. And final question for you. You brought it up there, Coach. It's Military Appreciation Day on Saturday, and a Syracuse legend is going to be honored at this game. Joel Morris gets that 47 retired. He was offered the 44, didn't think he was worthy of it, but carved out his own legacy. You know, got an opportunity to meet him last spring. Humble gentleman, quiet. Loved the heck out of him. The way he carried about carries himself, the way he talked about the 44 jersey and, and then wanting to do his own thing in 47. And now to have the 44 being tired, unretired, semi-tired, you know, and then have the 47 go up in the rafters. I mean, that's going to be a cool moment. I'm going to stop and I'm going to reflect a little bit with him when that thing happens because that's going to be outstanding. Do you know? Thanks. Good luck. Thanks, Brent.